The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bass eater broken eater bad. I'm going to bad. Attitude hanging around a bunch of bad. Attitude bad. Test bad. Law bad. Do bad bread. Bad. It's such a bad vibe. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Barilla Palace, right across the river into the woods from where Granny got admitted into the hospital tonight with all kinds of problems. But before she went, I got her a 420 bomb pre-roll fatty in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed travel eggs, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, fly to fly to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs up down with a mess of tons of tatter. My brain spotted all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High running it. And I got to tell you, Carver High, I watched the, I guess, I don't know what it's called, the Untold Malice in the Palace on. Ah, Netflix yeah. you wa- Did you watch it? I saw the, I oh. saw some people talking about it and I saw a trailer for it, but uh, I have not dove in yet. All right, so I watched it. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. It's really good. It's like one of those 30 for 30s, whatever, but it's on Netflix, right? And what's great about it is, is that they show all of the footage that the police and the lawyers and the judges and the... uh NBA, David Stern had all of the, every single camera in the building of the palace when it was open, right? Right. So what happened was, is what essentially when it happened, all you ever saw was what you saw on uh, ESPN and on all the news stations. So the news station showed, you know, our test shoved Ben Wallace or foul him hard on, on the layup. And then you know, Wallace shoved our test violently in the chest. Then it went over to the sideline. Then our test laid down on the table like he was sleeping. But he tells the story of he because he had all kinds of mental issues that he was counting. He said his shrink told him to count to five slowly. Right. And think about what you're about to do, because, you know, when he loses his cool, all hell breaks loose. And he's like, I was counting. And you can literally see him laying there like counting. He was at his 
hands behind his head like this, like he was sleeping, but he was actually counting, trying to calm himself down because it was all happening. And then they literally show this clown that ended up being a guy that got convicted of throwing that giant uh, beer from the crowd that hit our test. And then he snapped and went into the crowd and started beating people up. And then O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal went into the crowd and started beating people up. And Steven Jackson did the same. And then it came back down onto the floor from the stands. And then uh, the fans kept throwing more and more stuff. And then fans started coming on the court. And if you remember the fat guy in the 32 Pistons jersey walked up to our test, like, you want to go? And our test lit him up. We welcome our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, do you wanna? And Sports Map, Radio Network, Sports Byline USA, and Armed Forces Radio. It's Pharrell on the bench. Good to have you with us on a midweek Where Do You Hurt Wednesday. So, uh, you know, here's our test. Cranking this dude a few times. I mean, cranking this dude. Just haymakers and just nailing this fat dude. And then uh, they show multiple fans starting up on our test and on O'Neal and on Jackson and... Uh, and then, you know, your boy, Ben Gordon, he was in it. He was throwing things and he was throwing, uh, wristbands, headbands, obscenities, everything, you name it. When it was all said and done, uh, they suspended our test for the year. Uh, and then Jackson got 30, O'Neill got 25 and Ben, uh, Gordon got suspended as well. And um, they didn't, I, I don't remember on the show, they didn't say how many games he got because he became kind of insignificant in the end. They showed every single camera. So they had like hundreds of angles of what was going on in the stands and what was going on on the court and what was going on in the tunnel as they were trying to get the players off the court, the police. At the beginning, there were three cops in the whole building. Then they called 911 and a ton of cops showed up, but still not enough to handle the melee of 30,000 people against 15. They showed Reggie Jackson in street, or Reggie Miller in street clothes wearing a suit because he had hurt his hand. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, um, he was trying to get our test calmed down and a cop came up with mace like he was going to mace our test. And he didn't realize who Reggie Miller was because he was in street clothes. And he's like, you stupid idiot, I'm Reggie Miller. I'm trying to get this guy off the court. So then they start bringing him off the court and every one of them just got absolutely just, I mean, fire hosed with, with drinks and popcorn and beers and, and sodas and anything they could get their hands on, they were throwing at him. When they were coming off the court, it's Pharrell on a bench. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all 
at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So when they when the players went off the floor, uh, they got just uh, abused with rocks and garbage. I mean, they just got, I mean, pelted, pelted, like to the point where O'Neal got, he got, you know, hit so hard with stuff going off the floor that he was ready to go at it again into the crowd. He was just, I mean, the bottom line is, remember, if you think back to it, you'll see it. If you watch it, you'll see it. O'Neal, when the when the fans came on the court to start fighting with players, O'Neal went after one guy that challenged him. And you're talking about a guy that's 6'10". He means business. And he went after this guy. And when he went to swing and, and basically they literally on the show said he was going to kill him. He, he said, if Reggie Miller goes, if he lands the punch, he kills him. It was some total dork loser like, you know, wannabe tough guy thought he'd take on 6'10 Jermaine O'Neal, right? Who was 20 years old or whatever at the time and just a absolute rock monster muscle, just a giant muscle and a powerful, violent, you know, throw down dunking machine basketball player, right? He'll light you up. You don't realize how big these guys are until you're standing next to them and you look like a just absolute puny individual you're puny compared to these guys right so he went to swing at the guy 100 miles an hour haymaker and he slipped on beer and he slipped and fell to the ground so when he swung he like fell and he missed him and he never he never landed the punch that would have obliterated this fan one thing leads to another and uh, david stern had a press conference where he suspended all the players And then they ended up, you know, over time, it ended, it ended up being a thousand page police report. And then it became uh, the prosecutors where they literally arrested every fan that had anything to do with it. And how did they do that? Facial recognition of a hundred different cameras, a hundred different camera angles. And what's great about the the doc, the documentary, is that they show all of them. They just show every they show every angle. I mean, they show above, sideways, right close ups. They show people's faces blown up, the the guilty, right? They they one by one they just doot, 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 doot. they just start putting boxes around their heads, and they just knew everybody. They had everybody. Turns out the main guy that threw the beer at our test, this Weisenheimer, he thought it was funny. And he said the only thing he regrets is that he didn't trip him. Because remember, when our test went into the crowd, he got the wrong guy. Our test beat up a guy that didn't throw anything. The guy that threw it was standing right next to him and he, he tried to trip him. And he, he failed. And our test got to the guy and beat him up. So that guy eventually got arrested and, and prosecuted and convicted and got all kinds of problems in his life. And then he just said, uh, you know, I watched it. He's like, screw you. F you, F everybody, F the judge, F the Pistons, 
F our test. Screw you. Screw this documentary. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he's like, you know, you want to start a fight with us? You know, like he thought it was all our test fault. He thought he threw the beer. And then he thought it was our test fault for flipping out on everybody. And then so they convicted him. And then he just said he laughs about it to this day. He's like, uh, basically, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. He goes, I became famous because of it. He goes, every he goes, everybody knew me because of it. I mean, he was a total loser. Like this guy's a complete loser. And um, everyone knows it. If you watch this, you'll just the minute you watch him, you're gonna be like, what a loser this guy is. Like, you're a loser, dude. That's it. And you're a tool. And it would have been so great, in my opinion, to watch Ron, our test, obliterate your face. Because, first of all, you know this is true, Carver. I'm friends with Ron. And I've known Ron forever. And uh, he's done my show many times over the years, mostly at Howard Stern, right? And uh, he's, I mean, this guy's Queens, Jamaica bread. I mean, they're, they're just, I mean, this dude is... Hardcore New York City street kid, no bones, no no games, no no hits, no runs, no errors, no joke. He's from the hood, grew up on the streets, absolutely had nothing, and will absolutely decapitate you. And you know what's great about it, Carver High? This whole thing is the they interview all of them, right? So it's Jermaine O'Neal. Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, and Gordon, and Reggie Miller. And you know who else is all over this thing? Was the ref that night was Tim Donahue, the corrupt NBA ref. He was the one ref in the game. They show him shaking hands with everybody at the scores table before the game went off. I'm thinking, how many uh, how many of you think he's laying on this game? <laughs> What's he got on this game? You know, what? Wh- who's he uh, fixing this game for? Right. So remember, he was he was a, a corrupt game fixing ref. Right. And I'm sitting there watching this and the whole time it was so great because. I know Ron. Right. And he's as straight up a person as you'll ever meet. I mean, he tells it exactly like it is. He is a straight shooter. There's no BS. If he likes you, he he's, uh, you know. I've said this before many times with people like Bob Knight. If he's your friend, he's the best friend you could ever have. If he's your enemy, he should probably move, right? Or get out of the way because he's coming. Now, what's great about it is, is that in this documentary, he just tells it like it is. He said, I'm crazy. <laughs> I got mental health issues. I'm, I'm demented. <laughs> I'm sick in the head. I'm dangerous. I'm unstable. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a killing machine. He basically said it. He's like, you do not want to make me mad. And uh, he talked about uh, when he got in a fight, like all of his teammates, Jermaine O'Neal hates Ron Artest. Hates him to this day because he blames him for everything. And he says it ruined his life. He said, Ron Artest ruined my life. And he said he ruined his career. He never won a ring or anything. And he said when Ron Artest went and uh, won a ring, Steven Jackson went to San Antonio, won a ring. 
Artest went to the Lakers and won a ring. It made him livid, absolutely livid. And he talks about it right on this documentary. He's like, I can't stand him. And he cost me my career. Uh, to this day, I'm talking about it. He said I couldn't sleep for years until they tore down that building. They tore it down, like, uh, I think 14 years later. It happened, yeah. Uh, after, they be, after they built Little Caesars. 13 years later, they tore it down. Yeah. What? After they built Little Caesars and they moved over there. Right. They finally tore it down in, um, in 2014. So it was, it happened in 04, 14, uh, in 17, they tore it down in 17. It happened 13 years later, they tore it down. So, uh, he talked about, uh, O'Neill talks about how much he hates him. Steven Jackson said, uh, you know, this is the last time I'm ever talking about this. F you don't ever ask me about this again, unless you want your head torn off. He goes, it cost me all kinds of money. Uh, I'm done. This is it. This is the last time I'm ever talking about this as long as I live. So F you. And then Reggie Miller's all over it talking about what it was like. He retired at the end of that year. I'm not even done talking about this. That's how kick-ass this documentary was. It's for all the bench. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. for all an event so uh what was great about it was is like ron artest when when the season was over he demanded a trade because he had like a six-year deal and he uh went to donnie walsh and he said that he he couldn't play there anymore after what happened they suspended him for the rest of the year and he wanted a trade and he got his wish and then all of his, you know, teammates were very uh, disappointed in what happened and how it played out because they loaded this team up. They had Reggie Miller, they had uh, Ron Test, Stephen Jackson, and and more. I mean, they had a, a fully loaded, locked and loaded team, and they were good, right? And they, you know, the. Pistons had beaten them in six in the playoffs the year before, and then they got their rings, and then they come out to play the season. And here come the uh, Pacers for a Friday night game on ESPN that was the biggest game of the year so far. It was like November, and they came out, and they had their rings, and everything was good. And then here come the Pacers in, into town for a Friday night heavyweight tilt at the palace and they showed up and they kicked the Pistons ass all night long. And our test had a game of his life and he was just lighting it up and no one could stop him. And they were up 15 or 20, the whole game killing the Pistons, humiliating him in front of a sold out crowd. And then all hell broke loose in the last minute or two of that game with the hard foul on Gordon. And then, or Ben Wallace, I keep calling him Gordon, Ben Wallace, right? Am I tripping Carver high? 
All right. So uh, I meant I bet the whole night I meant Wallace, not Gordon. Um, anyway, so anyway, I, I thought I said it a couple of times. Anyway, so he shoved or he fouled Wallace hard. Wallace shoved him. And uh, when I said before he was throwing band, his headband, his wristbands, he was he was out of control. When the fight started, Wallace wanted to beat Artest's ass so badly. It went from the court in the low block all the way over to the scorer's table. And that's when uh, that's when Artest laid down and, and Wallace was getting held back by like 10 people because he was so lit and angry and, and just so mad. And so, you know. All hell broke loose. But so anyway, our test gets traded right to the Lakers. He goes on and wins the title. But when he won the title, the night he won the title, his first title, they interviewed him after the game. And you know who was interviewing him was our boy Ricky Buckets. And he's like, what's it like to be? Yeah, Ricky Buckets was doing the the game. And uh, he said, what was it? What's it like to be an NBA champion? And he said, right on the interview, he said, I'm a coward. I walked away from my teammates. I demanded a trade uh, and I got my way. And But I left uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Steven Jackson and Reggie Miller hanging. And uh, I'm a coward for the way I left Indianapolis. And uh, he goes, I feel terrible for them. Uh, that I was such a coward and that I I did what I did and I left instead of fixing it and being a man. He said, I, I took the easy way out. I, I got a trade. And he goes, and now I'm a champion. And he goes, it's bittersweet because I let so many people down. And it was just so, it was just so trippy. Like it was so unbelievable to hear him say it. And in fact, what was weird about it was I remember him saying it when he did it, right? Like when... I remember the interview when he was live on the set after the game, after the Lakers won the championship and he got interviewed and uh, he was, a you know, during this whole thing, everyone, Donnie Walsh is all over this documentary. They talk about everyone, Carlisle. They talk about how great of a player he is and how great a, a defender he is and how physical he is and how he outworks everyone. There's no one that played harder than Ron Artest. Whatever you want to call him, Meta World Peace. I can't keep track of all of his names, but I know him as Ron Artest. And um, I never called him Meta. I called him Ron, like most people that, you know, he got into all that other BS and his 50 nicknames and his new names and all this other BS. His real name's Ron Artest. And, uh, He's just a cool dude, like, right? He's in the music business. He's in the rap business, whatever you want to call it, hip-hop. Uh, he's He's been very successful even away from uh, basketball in music. He has. And he's actually, in all honesty, uh, he's a great guy. Um, he's very fun. He's funny. He's He's always you know, laughing and smiling and he's very cool, but he can be, uh, troubled. He can have, uh, depression. Uh, he, he can have serious, um, mental health issues. Um, he's a manic depressive. I mean, that's it. And he, 
he can explode. He can have, you know, bad days and bad, bad stretches. You know what I mean? But I thought it was refreshing, frankly, to hear him admit it and just say it. Like all over this documentary, he's like, look, he's like, I'm crazy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> he's like, he goes, I'll only put up with so much. And he goes, I'm just not having it. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I like that Carver High. I, I'm kind of, you know, I can be rather implosive myself at times in my life when I've had enough and I uh, can get very angry and, uh, and I just, uh, you know, I just let it be known that I've had enough and this is ending right here. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, you know, even I learned from Bob Knight, I'm done with it. You remember what he said? You can do whatever you want with it. I, I'm done with it. Have whatever you want with it, but I'm done. I'm done right here. So leave me out of it because you're not going to like what happens if you keep bringing me into it. And then our test was the same way on this documentary. He's like, look. He goes, I was a coward. He said, but I'm, he's like, you throw a, a cup at me full of beer and hit me in the face from 50 rows up like a missile. I'm going to beat your ass. He goes, I don't care who you are. I'll do it again. He's like, I will do it again. He's like, you mess with me, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and I'm just like, and that's really the guy I know, right? That's the guy I know. But I, I know, the, I know the, the cool side of him, the funny side of him, the laughter side of him. I know the uh, friend side of him. He's a, uh, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And I know, after knowing him for a few years, I know you don't mess with him. You just don't mess with that dude. You mess with him, you're at your own risk. You're, you're at your own peril, as they like to say at Carver High. And then the really cool thing about the whole thing was, really for me, was kind of hearing Reggie Miller and Jermaine O'Neal. Because Jermaine O'Neal is just an angry dude that uh, is still mad about it to this day. But he's very classy about it, right? So when they interview him, he's obviously at his, at his crib. And he's, you can tell he's got a lot of money. And you can tell uh, that he, he's a sharp-dressed man. He's easy top, son. And uh, he's got the diamond earring in the, the size of Texas. I mean, this guy's worth boatloads of money. He made probably a couple hundred million in his career. And he just looks, he's wearing a suit. He looks like a million bucks. He's still young because he, you know, came into the league at 17 and he, uh, he's still young. So he just does not look like an old dude at all. And he just sitting there talking about the whole thing. And he just absolutely tells it like it is. He's like, I do not like him. He's a coward. He's a asshat. He called him every name in the book. And he's just like, he ruined everything. He said, we should have won the NBA championship for Reggie. We had the best team in the league, and everybody knew it. We destroyed the Pistons that night. We would have destroyed anybody. It was our year. We were going to kill everybody. We had the best team. Steven Jackson was the last piece, and they just kept getting – you know, it was weird. They got all these violent dudes and physical dudes because 
it's the same old story, right? Back then in the day, it was about physicality in the East, right? Because the Pistons went on uh, when they lost in six to the uh, Pistons the year before. The Pistons beat the Lakers in the finals. And Ben Wallace got his ring. And, uh, you know, Jermaine O'Neal and Reggie Miller are like, that was our ring. That was our ring. We should have won it. We should have won the series. We should have won the finals. We didn't. It is what it is. And then in the next year, they're like, we are going to destroy everyone. There's not going to be any losing. And we're going to go kick everyone's ass. And we're going to take this thing. And they went out and proved it at the palace that night, kicking their ass. And then and then that fight broke out, the malice of the palace. And it was just really cool to see all the camera angles and to hear all the people involved, the judges, the lawyers, the prosecutors, David Stern, who's dead now. The whole thing is incredible. You got to see it to believe it. It's on Netflix. I think you'll dig it if you watch it. And uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was crazy. And this is way better than the original fight stuff you saw. This is 10 times better. You got to see this version of it. It's for all on a bench. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. All right, so uh, we're on a bench with Carver High. What do you remember about that uh, that fight? Because, you know, I thought one of the cool things, like I said about it, was the difference is that back in the day, all of uh, the entire world stopped for this fight. So every show, every TV channel, every morning show, every news cast, every cable channel, Every anchor, every single person on the face of the earth from you name it, they showed everyone from Bob Costas to the president of the United States. Everyone commented about that malice at the palace. Everyone, everyone had something to say about it. They showed every anchor, every national host, every local TV show, every single person. You see people from 2004, you see, so go back all these years later to 2004 and you show they show every person in the world that does tv for a living they were all in different jobs at the time right different networks different channels different shows different jobs and they all had all the answers they all were everybody was talking about it how they and they literally to a man everyone called them thugs and that got all the players riled up that they had been lumped in as thugs and that the NBA was a bunch of prima donna thugs that made too much money and didn't know how to behave in society. I mean, they had women talking bad about them, men, old men, young men, sportscasters, uh, you know, everyone and their brother. All these guys now that think they're hot stuff in sports television, they were all doing reporting back then, and they all had all the answers. Everybody had all the answers. But what was great about it was, is they all had the same footage, which was about 10% of it. 
They had about they had about 10% of what happened in that arena that night. They had, you know, Wallace shoving our test, the scene over at the scorer's table, our test, O'Neal, Jackson going into the stands and fighting. Then they had the fight punching scenes on the floor. Then they had the players going through the tunnel, getting bombarded with, with drinks and popcorn. And then that was it. They did not have any footage from the tunnel. They didn't inside the t- bowels of the arena. They did not have footage from the locker room. They did not have the overhead cameras. They did not have the 100 camera shots. They did not have the facial recognition cameras. They did not have what the uh, judges and prosecutors and police had and the security in the palace had. That footage has never been seen before until now. And when you see it, it will blow your effing mind. It'll blow your mind. What do you remember about it, Carver High? No, I, I mean, look, I, I remember I was at the mob bar that night. I remember watching it there. The game was a national. It was a nationally televised game. The game was on ESPN or something like that. I love. I the do mob remember bar. watching. Uh, it was a Friday night at the mob bar, and um, no, I, I remember all of the aftermath. Which I guess it sounds like you're saying they went over in the documentary. Uh, of basically people calling them thugs. You're right. I mean, it was completely their fault. Uh, God forbid we blame the people in the crowd that threw the stuff at them. You know, that, that I remember all of that backlash afterwards, but I mostly remember watching it at the mob bar. They show all of the court cases with like every player having to go to court, Jackson, O'Neal, Artest, all of them going to face a judge, right? And so it was in in Detroit. So they made them go back to Michigan and face the music. And then they showed everything, David Stern, you name it. I mean, it is all on this thing, bro. It was so good. I could watch it again. That's how good it was. Cause you watch it and you're just like, Oh my God. And then when it's over, you're like, you know what? I think I might need to watch that again. That's that's how good it was. It was like you, the the footage is so unbelievable that when you're watching it, like I kept stopping the tape and and like going to get another, <laughs> like I was getting drinks, I was getting munchies, I was I was watching it like it was the best movie I've seen in a while, right? I was like, this is awesome. I got to take a break. And then I even brought 34C into it because I go, you got to see this. I go, do you remember this? And she's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> And I was like, well, you're going to be in for a treat because this is going to blow your mind. And then I showed her and she's like, oh, my God. And then she's like, who is that? And who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And I was like, I told her the story. And she's like, this is crazy. Then she goes, this is mind blowing. She had never seen it before. Didn't know anything about it. Not one lick. Doesn't remember any of it. So I showed it to her. She saw it for the very first time ever. She's like. I have never seen anything that crazy in my life in sports because she doesn't like sports, right? She has nothing to do with it. Zero, like 0.0 Bluto, but she watched it and she was digging it. I'm telling you, this thing is kick ass. So they should have me promote everything in uh, television, Carver High, when you think about it, because I just did a hell of a job selling that thing. Honestly, I don't know if I could sell Pacquiao and Ugas. But anyway, so I'm watching uh, the baseball scores and NBA Summer League action. The Knicks are up on the Lakers 21-16 with a minute 25 left in the first. 
in Sin City. I think they're playing at the Thomas and Mac on uh, UNLV's campus, if you want to call it that. It's actually near the airport. That's what it is. Do you consider that the UNLV campus right there, Carver High? I mean, yeah, it is technically part of it, isn't it? I mean, well, I it guess is, it's a little. It is. It, it's, it's, it is a little. It is a couple miles away from the actual, actual UNLV campus, right? Yeah, but you know what's crazy about UNLV? It really is crazy, right? Is that you have to admit that they suck in everything. Like it, it is crazy, isn't it? They have they, for a long time because they used to have Jerry Tarkanian. And they used yeah. to play in championship games. They used to matter. It used to be the absolute Shangri-La of college basketball, like Hollywood, red carpet, right? It was like, if you went to a UNLV game, you were famous, rich and famous, only the rich and famous, lifestyles that are rich and famous was at the UNLV games. Trust me, you. And then when they got rid of him, I mean to tell you, they have never been the same have they they have absolutely never even come close to right. being the same it uh, it doesn't matter who the coach was yeah they um they had a little bit of a you know they've made a couple of ncaa tournaments obviously nothing like what tark did uh you know in the late 80s and early 90s i mean since then you know, they had a little run 07 08 10 11 12 13 where they made the tournament they haven't made the tournament since 13 so they're moving on yeah, almost so, 10 years since so they made the NCAA tournament. So you looked that up because, I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I would have thought they never made it after he was gone. Yeah. I mean, they had some – Lon Kruger was there for a while. Right. Right. And Lon did a good job at UNLV before he went over to Oklahoma. So he he, he did a nice job there. I'm trying to he see what – He ran out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the son's the coach now. He just got hired as the coach. So – Wait a minute. So you're telling me that Lon Kruger's son is the coach of UNLV? I am uh, pretty sure about that. Let me just double check for you here. That that is just even that's overwhelming for me. <laughs> that is just that is just staggering news. You know, I used to do the uh, Shark Show in Vegas when I worked at KVG and uh. uh Sports Entertainment Network. I used to do the Tarkanian show. I yeah, Kevin with... Kevin Kruger is now the – he just got named the coach uh, at the end of this season. Kevin Kruger is the new head coach at UNLV. And remember, Lon left um, Lon left Oklahoma to go and kind of be not on his staff but assist him a little bit out there. So, yeah, Kevin Kruger now, now going to rebuild UNLV basketball. And you're telling me that Lon Kruger's there as well, chilling and helping? Yeah, because he was there, obviously, before. And now he went with him out to Vegas. Back out so to you're Vegas. You're telling me that Lon Kruger is back at UNLV as an assistant with his son? I don't think he's technically a quote-unquote assistant on the staff, but he's there uh, you know, as, with some guidance. Dude, I, it's just so unbelievable to me that they're not good anymore. Because... Well, now, listen, the, the, they really, they've been awful for a long time. But if you think the basketball team has bad, at least, at least <laughs> the football they had, team. you want to get into some real problems. Uh, let's talk about the football team, who in their history, their history has only played 
in four bowl games. In their history. <laughs> 84, 94, 2000, and 2014. They've played in four bowl games. I mean, that is just, that's tough. <laughs> that's a tough sell, that job. I want to try to get the year-by-year record. Do you remember when they had the, uh, they had the high school coach? Uh, yes, that didn't go very well for them. Where uh, he coached, I forget the name of that school. Uh, in Vegas. I know the school. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. That every, It's the biggest high school in Las Vegas. One I second. I, I got to get you the records first. I can't listen remember to this, the name of it. Listen to this run that they've been on. Uh, where can we start from? Jeez, I don't even know. Let's just go backwards. 0-6. Oh 4-8. 4-8. 5-7. 4-8. 3-9, I mean, God, that is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Whew. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sitting here looking at these uh, schools, and they have so many. Like, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Bishop Gorman is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I didn't even Bishop see it. Gorman. I didn't even see it. I I just remembered it. It took me five minutes. Yeah, that guy. It. That guy got. That guy got whacked. Marcus Arroyo is the is the coach now. Yeah, but the high school coach got whacked too. Yes. This guy Arroyo. Imagine that you're. He's only zero and six. No, but can you imagine you're literally that you're you're so bad that you you actually hire a high school football coach to come. <laughs> I mean, did that make any sense to you? I tried anything at that point. I just read you off 20 years of absolutely embarrassing records. Now, you would think now, now they're going to play home games at Allegiant. Now, um, I know that could be what? that could be a little bit of a selling point playing in the in the NFL stadium there in Vegas. That could be a little selling point, maybe. You know what? For the entire time that they'll play in that building. You'll think that it's COVID because no one will ever be there. The that's a, I mean that's a lot of seats to fill for UNLV football. That's a yeah. Whole they lot should call them. They they should change the nickname to the Running Covids because the uh, stadium will be empty for every single game they play for their history. Who's going to be at the game? The refs and the two teams. No one. That's, There'll be no one at the game. They they couldn't sell. draw a thousand people to that stadium. Not once, ever. Don't even tell me they could draw. I don't care where they're playing. When you suck that bad, no one goes to see you. People don't even care that they play. That they got a game. I had more fun at a dead show at Sam Boyd Stadium on acid than I did going to see UNLV play football. It's Pharrell on a bench. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
just telling Carver High that uh, Emmanuel Quickly is the leader of the Knicks in Summer League. And they're playing right now up 25-24 on the Lakers, seven left and a half in Vegas. And he's out there yelling at players, pointing them in the direction they need to be at, where they need to be at, what they need to do, set this screen, roll, get over here. What are you doing? Back up, get here, do this, do that. <laughs> he's played one season. And now he's in charge of the team in but I that's know it's a, summer league. It's that, not that's a, the what that shows and what's so great about that is that right. he's trying to instill into these young guys what Thibodeau wants. Because he's already got it in his head what, what Coach Thibodeau wants to see from them. Exactly. Like I'm sitting here watching him talking through every single second, every play, inbounds, out of bounds. Uh, in the offense, uh, when the ball's frozen, when they're in- inbounding a ball, where to be, where to stand, what to do, who to give it to, where to move it. He talks to his teammates like no other. And just so you know, like if you're not a baller, um, you know, the language of basketball is is talking to your teammates. Is not. I'm not talking about when there's a whistle and you talk to them. I'm talking about when the game's being played, the, the talk of, you know, left, right. In other words, the screen being set on you as a defender, when you're, you're defending a guy and you can't see behind you, you got, you don't have eyes in the back of your head. You have your teammates to tell you what, what to do. The screen's coming from the right, you know, um, it is amazing watching him lead. And I think you're right. Uh, I think Thibodeau has instilled that in him and he's dishing it out and he and uh, Obi Toppin are playing great together. Every time I've seen them play in the summer league, they look fantastic. And this is just with first and second year guys. It's not the real Knicks uh, that they're really going to be playing with.